This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, this is Betting Weekly Premier League Show. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, alongside me, Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. On this week's edition, Jack's got some bangers at Brighton, Burnley and Brentford. And Nigel has finally worked out where the prop bets are on the Bet Rivers site and app and has gone card happy. This is quite a diversion for you, Mr. Seeley. Or is it just a throwback to your spread betting days? Nothing else I could find, really. I thought it was quite a difficult card. I looked at the card. I thought it was quite difficult. There's a couple of tasty matches in there. And I looked at the referees and I thought this could be a way to go. It took me ages. Bet Rivers are so many specials and so many different markets. It's impossible to navigate around that site. So many different things there. I was looking for my full tilt stats and my full tilt stats. And uh, I <laughs> couldn't find it. So I, I, was, I was going through them today. I broke everything down in my CD spreadsheets and I went through everything and it just started out on the computer. Uh, cards. So, yeah. Cards Wonderful. Is that? Wonderful. It's nobody's birthday. We're beyond Christmas, but cards on the agenda here, on the agenda. Um, we've got some interesting plays over the course uh, of the show. We're obviously going to focus and feature on the big game of the weekend as well, which is, of course, Arsenal versus Liverpool on Sunday. But we're going to kick off our previews uh, with Brighton against Crystal Palace, which is 10 a.m. on Saturday. Brighton here are minus 157. Palace have just been nibbled out over the course of the last few hours with Bet Rivers. Plus 410. Draw plus 310 here. Uh, 320, I should say. Uh, big game, Nigel, for both clubs. I mean, this is a rivalry. I- I'm never quite sure why, but obviously those close to the club uh, certainly know. Uh, both sets of supporters want to get one over on the other. But this goes back to the 70s, I believe, Nigel. I don't know if you can uh, shed any light on this or not. Um, I think it's something to do with is it something to do with the, the rivalry between the two managers at the time, Terry Venables so, and yeah. Alan Mallory. They didn't get on so. very well. And they famously played each other, I think, five times in that season in the days where the FA Cup went up to a replay and another replay. And they were all really fiercely fired, fiery matches. And uh, I think it sort of stuck in the mind that they had to beat, beat Brighton and... There's obviously a motorway in M23 and the A23 between these two clubs. And they, they've sort of, the media have sort of made it the M23 and the A23 derby. But the reason why it is, is because of that, of that season, 76, 77, where they played five times and they suddenly all the youngsters were the team that you want to beat. It's a fiery derby though. I mean, don't get me wrong. Have you ever been to one of these games, Danny? I've never been to Brighton Palace, no. I've been to a Brighton Palace game and I'll tell you what, it's... it's lively. It's pretty lively. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty lively. So um, it, it wouldn't be that something that people would look at and think, you know, everybody in America will look at the Liverpool derby, the Newcastle and Sunderland derbies, and obviously the Manchester derbies in North London. But this is a fiery one. And um, yeah, I, I think the way that the two teams come into this match, I think it could be a, quite an interesting encounter. Obviously, Crystal Palace produced a, a scintillating performance against Sheffield United. Obviously, the, the ticket giveaway that I was in the local paper was very <laughs> successful. Uh, the nil-nil detector has banished again back to the uh, back to uh, the nil-nil detector. I got the wrong game, didn't I? I, Fulham, I said it'd be unders, and the nil-nil, the one I really went overboard on, and the one I bet quite heavily was the Sheffield United game. I knew my fate was over after 22 seconds. So, uh, <laughs> You know, it's usually my missus who knows a fake time for 22 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> so that, that's that's the, that's the thing there. But anyway, I mean, this game here, I I think that it could be it could be quite quite lively. I mean, 
Crystal Palace obviously had a big win. Uh, at least they come back, which was a shock to me. I didn't think he was going to start. He started and he was used to a, a fantastic performance. I know Jack's going to come on to him in a minute, so I won't go too much about that. But they've got a big win. The crowd will be happy for the first time this season on the performance that Eze and Elise are playing again. And they head to their biggest rivals. And I think that Palace will be quite quite up for this match. And their biggest rivals just come in the back of a 4-0 defeat, the worst performance of the season at home to Luton. So Deserby really wants to get a performance back out of Brighton. And uh, I think none more so in this one. So I think that both sets of fans will be fired up. Both managers will fire him up. The referee for the match is Simon Hooper. Uh, he averages 4.52 cards per game, 21 matches, 95 cards. The last couple of matches in Brighton matches, there was five yellow cards in a Brighton nil Wolves nil match. And Luton uh, for Brighton nil in midweek, there was four yellow cards. Throw in the local derby here. Throw in the fact that it's probably going to be Roy, what it will be, Roy Hodgson's last match in charge against Brighton, their arch rivals. I think this could then, I think this could be quite a feisty match. So the bet I'm going to go for here is over five and a half cards. It doesn't matter if it's a red or a yellow, as long as there's six cards produced in this match, uh, we cash. I'm going to go for my, at minus 105. Uh, this match last season, there were seven yellow cards and two yellow cards, the season before, seven and three. Um, there's been a few sevens and a few sixes. And uh, I, I think I think this could the timing of this match could be quite quite important here. With Brighton really hurt by that performance against Luton, Palace in full of confidence after that great win, players back, and I think this will be a a very interesting match on the pitch. I'm going to go for over five and a half cards at minus one hundred five. Nigel uh, Jack touched on Alise's return, and this is your angle for this Brighton Crystal Palace fixture. It is, yeah. Ezer and Elise back is obviously going to help Nigel's selection there because they are going to draw attention. They are there. They are Palace. We had a we had a, a comment during the week uh, highlighting the fact about Ezer and, and Elise, and it's like absolutely. I think we've said it more than any other team. They come down to these two players that make the difference for them. When one of them's playing, they can kind of get by. When both of them are playing, they're suddenly dangerous. We saw that in midweek. It was a surprise that Elise had recovered from his hamstring injury, scored a fantastic goal, which turned out to be the winner in that five-goal thriller. So just looking across here, so both of them starting, it's going to be their fourth start, both of them starting this season. So really important for, for Palace here. And I've just basically looked into it. I've gone for Elise to have a shot on target. Odds of plus 102. So to get plus money on that, I think is a lovely piece of value. Eze has been the player I've kind of focused on over recent weeks. I mentioned him a couple of times. That price is well and truly gone. So he's partnering crime now. We can switch to him. And I want to make the most of it before... He goes down that route as well. So uh, looking at the shots here, Nigel touched on it. Brighton shipped four goals against Luton in midweek. So that's not a good look for anyone. They've obviously conceded uh, in 10 of their 11 home games and in 10 of their 11 away as well. So 20 out of 22 overall. So obviously gives hope that it's likely to see Palace on the score sheet in this one. And if they are going to be, it's likely to be one of Eze or Elise. Palace, uh, 11 shots in the reverse fixture. Uh, last season and in sorry so in the reverse and in the uh, game last season as well so uh, the averages would suggest that we're looking at around about that number for uh, Palace shots Brighton average 10 and a half shots conceded against across the league at home this season Palace average 11.73 away so they had 12 against Arsenal they had 12 against Sheffield United um, and we look at Elise he had four shots against the Blades one on target obviously a cracking goal it was as well He's had 31 shots uh, this season, 10 of those on target. He's only had 10 appearances in the league because of his injury problems. Um, eight of those uh, come in his last five games as well. He's had at least one shot on target in four of those. 
Um, and he had three shots, one on target in this fixture last season. So all points to be in the plus money here, being great value for him to um, say have at least a shot on target, which means making a keeper save or scoring a goal. Get on early because the price, I think, will be decent minus money come kickoff. Plus 102 at the moment at time of recording. We're hopeful that Alicia will be making up for lost time as he was in midweek. Before we, we on, move, move on from that match, Dan, just one thing I just want to add. I mean, um, just I'm looking at when we broke down the match, it's, it, you know, you, you're sad about betting the draws at the moment in the Premier League. And you've done uh-huh. more since you said that. It only took you five months to say thank, but it was worth knowledge <laughs> boy. Well done. Well done. It was, it was a, 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 it took a while. Well, well worth waiting for. But um, this match, in the, in, the, in the last nine fixtures, last time, nine, the last nine matches that these two have met, seven of them have been 1 1 draws. That's quite an amazing stat, really, here. You know, there's nothing much between the two. It's a rivalry that, you know, they don't really give much away. And a 1-1 draw is plus 650 with Bet Rivers. So seven of the last nine matches between these two sides have ended in 1-1, which I thought was quite an interesting thing. Um, I was going to throw some other sort of um, uh, prices and thoughts at you both when it comes to this game. I mean, Palace plus 1,200 to be relegated, Nigel. Is it? Are they just safe because of circumstances underneath and we don't know what's going to happen with Forrest at the moment? Everton could get another deduction. Looks like Burnley and Sheffield are, are cut adrift at the minute. I mean, is there any... Is there any value there, or do you think that the the, uh, the reintroduction of Elise now he's um, fully fit, along with Eze, they should have enough? I think those two back saves them. I mean, those two players I think will grace any team in the Premier League. I think they're that good, and uh, and I think that uh, those two in a side they're a completely different team. I, mean, I don't think I would have played the under two and a half goals if I knew Elise was going to start. I mean, that was mm. a, that was team news that came in quite late. So uh, with those two players in the side, yes. I think they'd be fine. I think without them, they probably should be all right as well. But uh, they are different different gear, those two. And they'll do very well to keep hold of them next season. Yeah, speaking of keeping hold of, uh, Jack, I mean, deserby has been sort of touted for the Liverpool job. They've had three Premier League wins in the last 16, Brighton. I'm not quite sure why he's so short in the betting. He's 20-1 to 1 to be next out or thereabouts. Hodgson is the favourite to be next manager to leave at minus money. Uh, ish. I mean, do you think there might be any sort of movement in those prices? Is there any, any value there when it comes to the two managers that go head to head at the Amex this weekend? Well, Roy's been kind of touted on and off, hasn't he? He just seems to be another manager that just is about to look like he's going to go. Then he'll pick up a result and um, it's sort of done enough. But we've been here before with him, haven't we? The Palace had got what they knew they were going to get from him and he, he kind of sort of done enough and then exit at the end of the season. I'd probably expect the same scenario here, unless they go on a terrible run. And as Nigel said, and we've we've hinted at really that um, Elise and Eze are vital to that, keep them fit. And I think they'll pick up enough results and put some eye-catching performances together, probably more importantly, because uh, they've got the flair to do that. And um, yeah, as far as the Zerbi's concerned, I can't see Brighton part and company with him. And I think Liverpool will be looking elsewhere also. Um, did, did you ever have that bet, Nigel? Uh, the no no manager to yeah, leave from, yeah. from here on in? Yeah, so well, it was had, a big I price, had, wasn't it? Was it 140? I don't know what it is now. £20, 80 to 1. It's now 16. Because the more you look at it now, mm. I mean, even 16 could be a bit of value. Do you think? No. No? No, not, not, yeah. I wouldn't bet it 16 to 1. I mean, Roy Hodgson could leave, like, pretty much. But there's nobody know. else, is there? Uh, Ten, Ten Hag. Yeah, I mean, he's the only one. going to stay with him now, aren't they, you know? The other, Pochettino's under pressure, isn't he? He's I mean, going to leave during the season, though, is the, he? The, the other thing about De Zerbi, he's the favourite to be the next Man City manager. I mean, that's is just, he? Yeah. Oh, good luck with that one. But anyway, yeah, so uh, <laughs> very happy with the 80-1, to one, oh, no manager, well no, 16-1 to one now. 
Good man. Uh, Burnley versus Fulham next. This is 10 a.m. Uh, Eastern on Saturday, as the Brighton Crystal Palace game is as well, incidentally. Burnley are plus 195 here. Fulham plus 140. Burnley seven points from safety. They've lost nine of 11 in the Premier League at home, Nigel. But you believe that potentially they might get a positive result against Fulham this weekend? I do. I do. I um, I thought they played OK in patches against Man City. Scored a late consolation goal, 3-1. Uh, Man City could have probably gone through the motions and put four or five past them. They needed to, but they did score. Um, I know Burnley have terrible at home this season. and then, But if you look at Fulham away from home, they're absolutely diabolical as well. So Fulham have got the second worst record in the in the Premier League, apart from bottom club Sheffield United. They've only won once on the road all season. So this is the worst home record in the Premier League, one of the worst home records in the Premier League against one of the worst away records in the Premier League. So something's got to give here. I just think that this is it for Burnley. I think if they lose this match, they, they're gone. I, re- I think them and Sheffield, well, I think Sheffield's not gone already, but I think a defeat here for Burnley, they're gone. And I think if you were, if you were sitting with the company and you were sitting there, Vincent Company, and you were sitting there thinking to yourself, right, I can pick one team I want to play at the moment, I think Fulham would be right up the top of your list. I think they're a side that have done. I think they're done for the season. I think they got the nil-nil draw against Everton. They went for demotion. They're a better team in that match. They deserve something from it. Um, but I think they'll they'll be right right high up on your teams that you want to play at the moment. Nothing to play for in the Premier League, out of the cup competitions. Gallant run in the uh, the Carabao Cup that ended in the in the semi final. That's their season done. And I think Burnley fans will be licking their lips, thinking this is a chance for us to get three vital points here. So I, I like Burnley. I'm going to play. So I think the money line's a bet. You know, I think I think Burnley on the money line at plus one ninety five is a bet. But I do feel that Fulham. You know, they're not scoring goals for them at the moment. So I think they could go there quite tactically and try to just frustrate and get a draw. So for that reason, I'm going to bring in the draw no bet, which is a good price, plus 112. I can't believe Fulham are clear favourites to win this match. I really don't. I think Burnley should be the favourites for this match. I, I just don't get the. We all know Burnley are bad and we all know Burnley have got this terrible record. But Fulham on the road, they're, they're terrible. So uh, the other thing that I want to say here, which is, which is another thing, I mean, it's, a, it's a big statistic, but... um. The last time uh, Fulham won at Turf Moor was on your 16th birthday, Dan. Yeah, really? April, April 1951. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, eight, April 1951 was the last time they won. Yeah, it was a good and month. Thir- 33 matches. It's a 33-match unbeaten run. That Burnley, so 33 matches in that period where Fulham have gone, haven't gone to Burnley and haven't won a match. So if you're looking at historical data, statistics, and current and current data, I think Burnley here are massively overpriced to win the market. I think the best value is to, is to draw no bet because I, from now to the end of the season, Fulham would be on my sort of radar to to uh, to, to, to fade. And Dan, please don't keep nodding your head. You're making me feel <laughs> a bit uneasy. Shake your head, please. Inside, say you agree with me, but just go like that because the more you're nodding your head, the, the more listen, the curse, the, the great curse, is, the, the curse. You're going to put broken. the curse from the almost curse 73 years of statistics <laughs> and the, the curse cur- of robot. The cur- is going <laughs> to absolutely do it. <laughs> the curse has been broken. Don't worry about that. If I like a bet, don't be afraid. Ladies and gentlemen, Very I will afraid. not jinx your weekend. Uh, Fulham have failed to score in three of the last four in all comps. Burnley have been uh, shot shy all season, which runs into Jack's play here. This is this is Nigel's play. I'm surprised Nigel didn't have this one, but Jack's Jack's got it instead. Yeah, we're a, we're a swip, swap round here, and we are gone for mm. under two and a half goals in this one. Minus 110. 
both sides out of form. Burnley haven't been in form all season. Um, only Sheffield United have scored fewer than their 22 up goals. No team scored fewer than their 11 at home. Um, they've got no threat up front. Uh, they've got some young players. They've got some unproven talent that, that can find something out of nowhere. Um, but you can't sort of rely on that too much. And uh, I said they, they nicked a goal last night against Manchester City. So shows you that they have got the ability to, to, to kind of find a piece of uh, play at some point of time um, to get to get that. But um, so Lyle Foster's their top scorer, four goals this season, only one since October. So we can see where their main issues lie. Um, as far as Fulham are concerned, they've got 28 goals this season, but 16 came in that purple patch where they went goal crazy, didn't they? Four games and they scored um, 10, um, 16 goals. So only 12 in the other 18. So there's just such little threat up front. Raul Jimenez, we talked about him a lot this season, had finally found a little bit of form, started scoring some goals. He, he was injured. He went off at halftime midweek. That sounds like he might be out for a few weeks as well. So again, where, where the Fulham goals are going to come from, absolutely no idea. Um, seven of Burnley's last eight have gone under two and a half goals. Five of Fulham's last six have gone under two and a half goals. And overall, both these sides have seen 10 of their 22 fixtures across the league um, campaign this season go under two and a half goals. And only one side has uh, seen more than that. And that's Everton with 11. So for me, under two and a half goals looks a, a solid play here. I can see Burnley nicking it 1-0. Maybe even the nil-nil the detector coming out for this one, possibly as well, because they, they just look turgid up front. But um, on, a, on a game um, week that we're talking a lot about cards, this one's possibly interesting as well. As a side note, Darren Bond is the referee for this one. He's only had one uh, Premier League game so far this season. He normally referees at a lower level. Um, four yellow cards and one red card in that one appearance so far. And lo and behold, that was in a fuller match when he sent off Tim Ream earlier in the season. So that's another angle to look at, possibly. But uh, for me, under two and a half goals at minus 110. Unders uh, for Jack in that game at Turf Moor between Burnley and Fulham. Big match on Sunday in the English Premier League is, of course, Arsenal versus Liverpool. This is 4.30 Eastern, uh, sorry, 4.30 local time, of course. Arsenal, Nigel, plus 135. Liverpool, plus 190. The draw, plus 265 here. Just before we get into your play, I mean, from an Arsenal point of view, they're plus 900 to win the title. Do they have to win this to be still in the title race or is it one not to lose? How would you play it from Mikel Arteta's point of view? What do you see it in terms of that title race? I think he's got to win it. He's got to win it. He's got at home, he's got to win it. You've got to win your home matches and take points off your main contenders. Um He's still got to go to the Etihad, hasn't he? So, yeah, yeah he's, he's got to win it. And, you know, I I think this is a must-win match for Arsenal. And that's one of the reasons why I'm going to go with the bet I'm going to go here because I don't think there's going to be any respite from Arsenal. I think they're going to come out. You know what the Emirates is like when they're fired up. The players will get fired up as well. And I, I'm going to go for the bookings again here. I'm going to go over five and a half cards at plus 120. Um, I thought Arsenal were very fortunate to beat not the Forest the other night. I thought if it went on for another 25 minutes, I thought Forest would have a much better side. And, you know, the last 10 minutes were very nervy. Thanks, um, Harry. Sorry? <laughs> sorry. No, no I, I, I do. I, I think I think this... Um, so I think this is a must-win for Arsenal. For Liverpool, I don't think it's a must-win. I think if they get a draw, they're happy. But if they can win it, well, then then they're big, 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 big chance of winning the, the title. This is a huge match for both managers. 
Um, Liverpool were excellent against Chelsea, weren't they, in midweek? I mean, Nunes, what about that? Four, four woodworks, he hit the bar, post, everything. It was, it was incredible. I, try, it? I tried to, I was looking on the Bet Rivers website, and this might come on between now and the game, because usually for the main strikers, of course, Bet Rivers will give you a price to score and not to score. And I thought, well, yep. are they going to give us a not to score with Nunes? But it's not up at the moment. So maybe right. they're just, well, maybe they're, they don't want to take the heat. They don't want to lay the money. <laughs> I thought if Liverpool were playing someone a bit weaker this week at home, I would have bet him to score a hat Yeah, I looked at it. Yeah. I would have bet him to. I think he. I think he's a quality player. I just really do. I think he's just not. He's just not running for it at the moment. But I think next season on, he'll be at Liverpool for a long time. He's only young. I think he's going to get better and better and better. Uh, with regards to my bet, anyway, I'm going to go for over five and a half cards here at plus one twenty. So six cards and we cash. Anthony Taylor is the referee. Uh, he's got twenty nine matches in the Premier League. Average four point seven five cards per game. So four point seven five. This is about point seven five up from his usual matches. But I'm telling you now, this is this is the biggest high-profile high game he's, he's refereed this season. So I think you could probably lift that 0.75 to a little bit more, maybe 1, 1.25 up from the average. Arsenal have been a very clean side this season in the Premier League. I think only that Luton are cleaner than Arsenal. Arsenal have been ill-disciplined. But the thing is, they're 4-0 up, 4-0 up at home in some of their games. So the intensity is going to drop. So when you look at teams who they should be clean, if they're Man City at home and they're beating teams 4 or 5-0, the bookings go down. So the statistics don't really do, that's not really something you should look at. Um, if you look at this fixture, it's not, it's quite a clean fixture as well. You know, over the years, there hasn't really been many cars, but over the years, only it's only really important fixture in the last two seasons because Arsenal and Liverpool weren't challenging for the titles five, six, seven years ago. It was Manchester United and it was Manchester City, Man United and Liverpool. You know, they were the big games that Arsenal weren't in the featuring. But since Arsenal have been involved, these matches between the two of them have been quite feisty. They've met already twice this season in the FA Cup. There was five bookings in the FA Cup. That's an FA Cup game where the two reserve sides went out. Lots of changes. There wasn't like the play, the full strength scenes we're going to see here. When they met at Anfield, there were seven bookings, seven cards in the game. And last season at Anfield, there was eight in the match as well. And that was another big game. So you can see the upward curve because of the games are really important. And, I, and this is the most important match that these two sides have faced in the Premier League for I don't know, maybe 20-odd years, probably even more. Uh, it's a huge, huge game. Uh, I think Anthony Taylor does like to dish out a card. The average is 4.75, as I said, but a lot of them are in games that are meaningless in the middle of the Premier League table. This is a big one, and I think that this will be really fiery. If Arsenal if Arsenal go behind here or are losing, I can see Arsenal being fired up and uh, committing a few feisty challenges and tackles. And I think the same for Liverpool. I think Liverpool go behind. They're playing for Klopp. Klopp will have them fired up as well. And I just think over five and a half guards, uh, plus 120, uh, plus money, hasn't really taken into consideration the importance of this match as they stand now. It's a price that's been derived from history, stats, data, referee analytics, but it ha I don't think it has been gone up a lot. I think the line should be six cards with a push, maybe if it's exactly six. I think we're getting a little bit of value at plus 120. I believe it should be minus 120 on the over. Yeah, just on Anthony Taylor as well. He's given 14 penalties to Liverpool more than any other club and he's given 10 against Arsenal, which is, again, more than any other club. Plus 200 for a penalty to be given in the game. This is his third Arsenal-Liverpool fixture. He's given a penalty in the previous two. Jack, what's your money line thoughts on this one? I mean, I, you tend to think Liverpool plus 190, the draw plus 265, Liverpool sort of draw no bat. I mean, that's the way I'd look at it from a money line point of view. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, 100%. No side's got more points than uh, Liverpool away from home this season. They've only been beaten once. They've scored in every um, 
game across all competitions away from home as well. 17 games they've played on the road already this season um, in the various competitions that have been taken part in. And they're in top, top form. And like they've, they've done without Salah this last few games as well. And as you say, if the, if the goal was a sl- slightly inches uh, bigger, then um, Darwin Nunes would have 20 goals this season already. I saw his stats uh, yesterday and they, they needed like a, a page turned... Uh, to um, landscape to fit all the action that he'd had. He got booked, missed a penalty, assisted, hit the bar four times, didn't he? So lots going on there. But m- my eyes are drawn to this one, probably in play. Lots and lots of late action in these uh, both these sides' games. So um, Liverpool has seen um, nine of their 11 away games have goals after the 80th minute. Uh, three of those had multiple goals after that time. Arsenal, eight of their 11 as well at home, has seen the same with three multiple times. And combined, 13 goals have come between these two sides respective home and away games in added on time. So 90 plus minutes, 13 uh, across their um, 22 respective home and away games. So uh, maybe keep your powder dry or certainly um, be poised to get on in play with Bet Rivers come round about the 75, 78 minute mark. Yeah, yeah Darwin I mean, Nunes with that bar though. You know, I mean, I like but Darwin Nunes to score in this match. I think I think he's going to plus one sixty five to score at any yeah, time. But he, he hit the bar more times than he than Simon Holden did at the Christmas party. <laughs> free, that's how I'm doing. I know oh, that, that was that was impressive. Fifteen of the last twenty two have gone over three and a half. But as Jack was pointing out, it might be one to get involved in plates plus 170 at the start of the game. But obviously if it's a relatively tight first half, you can get bigger odds as the match uh, goes on. I mean, Arsenal need to win Nigel from a title point of view here. Um, they're plus 900 for the title, which I think is the biggest price they've pretty much been all all, all season. If if they lose, is that, I mean, I mean, Villa got beat midweek. If, if Liverpool win, Arsenal obviously lose. Is it a straight fight between City and Liverpool for the title from here on in? I think it is anyway. I do, right. but I think it's, it's a must-win match for Arsenal, this match. They have to win this game. If they lose this match, then it, obviously they're going to go... I reckon they'll go out to about 20 to 1, 25, maybe 20 to 25, something like that. It's that bigger match. If they win the match, they're into 7 to 2, 4 to 1. So it's, it shows you how important it is for them to win this match. Um, I, I got a feeling that Liverpool might edge it, but they've got a great record here as well. I think Liverpool yeah. might edge it, but um, they're in form and they've got goals. Arsenal don't have goals. That's, it's going to be their big problem this season, the stubbornness to not buy a centre-forward for whatever reason, financial fair play, or for sheer stubbornness to not spend the money. But you look at many goals that Liverpool have in their, at their disposal, it's, it's frightening. I think Liverpool edge it in that attacking area. Plus 190 just to win the game, Liverpool. Just just one thing that I've thought of, and I'll ask you both about this, Jack, first. just I mean, January has been very quiet for transfers. Do you think, Jack, mm. it's, it, there's a little bit of financial fair play? Are, are clubs worried about what if we spend here? Is there going to be a little bit of a comeback to us? What are your thoughts on that? Because you usually get That's some it. big, big transfers, don't we? It's been very, very quiet, hasn't it? And I think that has been the noises we've been hearing that these sides are looking to get one out, to get one in. Um, the likes of Newcastle that we thought would be able to go and like buy big pretty much at any point of time are needing to get someone out and that's not quite happened and we're seeing more more players linked with moves away rather than stories about players coming in a few little loans here and there but no big money at all and obviously today's deadline day so it looks like that will be the the way it goes and uh, people will go with pretty much what they've got, they got and as I said uh, Nigel says there that, that Arsenal lack that cutting edge up front that clinical striker 
The days one of fans, the days of fans going out, standing outside stadiums <laughs> like till twelve o'clock, seeing they can bring in. You know, no one's bothered. That is. Gone, they're, they're no, gone. Does it? No, what, you know, my, knows. you know, my friend Dan. There, you know, my friend who was the uh, who was high up at uh, Arsenal. Uh, yeah, and uh, he used to say to me when Arsene Wenger used to do financial all the um, the final day transfer deadline day. He used to give everyone a day off, and <laughs> all the journalists were outside. He's no, no one. No, he said we just, he did, there was no business ever done last day. It was all never done. Mm-hmm. But there, there was speculation. There was hundred fans outside the Emirates waiting to see that uh, Ronaldo sewn up or something like that. What <laughs> was off? Where's Harry anyway. Redknapp when you need him? And Peter yeah, exactly. Where is he? Where's Where's Peter Roddenwiggy <laughs> going down Loftus Road or wherever he was? Um, right. One more game to preview before we wrap up, and um, we've referenced Manchester City and dispatches here. City are away at Brentford Monday night, 3pm Eastern. Brentford, big price, plus 700. City, very short, minus 250, with a tie at plus 400. This is a game, Jack, uh, that the champions um, have struggled in. I mean, Brentford have got a good record for one reason or another against City. I know last season it was very late on in the season, but they did win at the Etihad. They can be troublesome for Pep Guardiola's side. They can, I think, because they've got a bit of a unique style. We would probably throw Luton into that that mix now as well. We've seen them cause the the big teams some problems this season. Brentford were kind of the the template side for that, weren't they? They they came and ruffled a few feathers. They're a bit direct. Um, they've missed Tony. Obviously, he's back now. So last season they they played the most direct um, balls, the longest balls in the in the Premier League, and they dropped down to six for that um, particular metric this season. But obviously, without Tony, now he's back. We'd, we'll start seeing that. I thought they were um, put a great show on last night against Tottenham. I watched that game. It was a really enjoyable watch. We obviously both cashed on the uh, overs in that particular game. Uh, five goal thriller. Um, it was it was frantic and it was end to end and uh, lots going on. Lots of subplots as well. Tony seems to have um, made it. Yes, indeed. Yeah, seems to have made a little bit of a, a feisty partner with uh, Neil Morpay. And uh, there's been a bit of back and forth going on over social media and so on there. So, um, yeah, interesting. It's interesting to see Ange Postacoglu's take on that as well, saying they should get in a UFC cage and uh, sort it out. But there we are. So, yeah, as far as this game's concerned, the selection is the both seems to score. And um, I, I just feel that Brentford can get at Man City because of their, their direct nature. Uh, and I say having Tony back is, um, is is pivotal in that. I think he's scored in both his starts this season. He's obviously fresh. Um, he looks fit in, and um, and mean and ready. He'll obviously want to put himself in the way, well, maybe shop window, but certainly as the um, heir apparent to um, Harry Kane with the uh, Euros coming up. I think there's no doubt about that really for me that he is the se- second best striker to Kane at this moment in time. So um Prolific goal scorer. He was only behind Kane and uh, Haaland last season as far as goals were concerned in the Premier League. So, obviously, Brentford were going to miss him. Now he's back. They've got that cutting edge up front. Obviously, scored a couple of goals uh, last night against Spurs. And I think they can get on the score sheet against Manchester City. Um, for, for Brentford this season, um, six out of the last seven at home have seen both teams score. All of their last five as well. That's across all competitions as well. And nine out of ten. Both teams scored across all venues, across all competitions. Now, um, I've seen both teams to score. And as far as City are concerned, we know what they tend to do at this time of the season is go on and win games. But what we've seen more recently is the fact they are winning them, but conceding at the same time. Even as we've already mentioned last night, they did concede late on against Burnley, who are pretty powder puff up front, to say the least. They've only kept one clean sheet in their last 10 on the road in the league. And both teams to score has cashed in seven 
of those last 10 games as well. So um, they can be a little bit sloppy. We've seen Luton and Sheffield United host Manchester City and get on the score sheet with Manchester City ended up winning the game. So that's what I see happening here. Both teams to score. City will probably end up winning it. But the bet for me, as I said, both teams to score. Minus 122. Both teams to score. Yes, Brentford versus Man City. Any of you on this one, Nigel, before you get get our best bets? Because, you know, you look at those those recent stats between the two and you might make a case for Brentford on, on the Asian handicap potentially. Yeah, I think... Yeah, possibly. I, I think goals is the way to go. Definitely, I'll, I'll go for something like three-two, three-one. Man City, Man City with De Bruyne and the uh, Harlem back now, and Alvarez. I mean, yeah. they're just going to do what they do, hit that accelerate button. I was, just, I was intrigued by the UFC comment from Ange Postecoglou. I'm thinking about doing a celebrity uh, uh, because we win wrestling tournament. I'm thinking of, I'm just trying to. Be, How'd you be, price that up? Or Steve Wish has been drawing Simon Holden <laughs> in round one. Daniela fischelli has got Rory Barlow, and it should be quite interesting. It should be quite interesting. Um, me and you, Dan. It's me and you, Dan. Is it really? Is that the yeah, draw? You're, 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 you're my favourite. Your big favourite. You're a northern <laughs> lad. You'll do me. You'll beat me. You're, I'm as soft as anything. I like mate, to see Wish, Wish and Holden in their lycra gear. Don't what, greased up? Oh, yeah, yeah. what a dream. Yeah. Steve the chicken man, Wish, against Simon yeah. the professor yeah. Holden. They don't call him the meat man for nothing, you know. I'll tell you, there's some heaviness. There's, there's, there's a heavyweight clash there. Yeah, let's get it on. Yeah. Be interesting. Um, let's get some best bets before we move on and, and wrap up the show. Nigel, what's your best bet? Weekend action coming up, match day. What are we, 23? Oh, I like the last time I, I like, don't I start look, saying you like things. No, That's my to, line. I had for to a start. go through all the videos. Well, we've got some T-shirts which are coming very shortly. <laughs> and I had to go through some videos. And the last time I said I like all these three bets, they all lost. So uh, I, I, I do like all these three bets. I know there's a good thing or a bad thing. But I think if you were looking for the best bet, I'm going to go for Burnley, draw no bet against Fulham. I really do think the time is now to fade, fade Fulham. I think they're done. And I think Burnley, draw no bet, plus 112. Like I say, 33 matches Fulham have gone to Burnley and they haven't come back with a win since 1951. And uh, I'm going to go for Burnley. Draw no bet. Plus 112. Jack, what's your best play? I'm surprised Nigel didn't come up with what was number one. in. Uh... I, I Googled it, but no, I, it wasn't irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I actually Googled what happened in April. Right. Bing Crosby. Did they have a number one? Bing Crosby, 951. 16th, 16th, 16th birthday. Frank Sinatra. Nothing happened. There's nothing Bing happened. Still number one from Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Right. it probably was, wasn't it? White Christmas, 51. Um, right. uh, Jack, what's your best play? My best play, the biggest odds as well, Michael Elise shot on target for Palace, plus money. I think that Nigel's cards, Arsenal, is the best play of the week. I think I think it's the it's the circumstance surrounding the game. And you're right, I think the, the interesting thing about the bet is that historically, you're always going to go under, but it's the context of the game this season, which mm. I think kicks it over five and a half. And we've had some sendings off in cut football, admittedly, in those two, uh, when those two have faced up. Nigel, happy with my uh, seal of approval? Not really. Number one in 1951 <laughs> was Perry Como with If. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh. How did that only... one go? I don't know. If. If only Robot didn't my pets. If only Robot didn't We're going to have to cut it. We're going to have to cut it there. So we'll, we'll, we'll start getting into uh, in, into the verve with Nigel. Um, uh, that, is, <laughs> that, that is your lot, Nigel Jack. 
Thanks for your company. Good luck with your picks across uh, the weekend. That's a wrap for match day 23 of Betting Weekly Premier League show. We will be back, of course, next week with more EPL picks and plays. Stay across all of our content at Because We Win via Twitter. For now, though, from all of us, it is goodbye.